Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Oh, it's me, Jack Riggins. Here we go, here we go. February 9th, <laughs> Thursday. All right, folks. It is Drive Time Lincoln. I am your host, Jack Riggins, restoring American values, bringing common sense to the capital city. I think I'm throwing off my game a little bit. Why? Because Johnny Cadillac is back, executive producing the show. Finally, weather's uh, 33, but feels like 24. Wind is 16 miles an hour out of the north northwest. Welcome back, Johnny. I'll say the weather's a little different. I'm getting... 43 difference, forty-three degrees difference than what I'm used to in Miami, Florida, where it's currently 76 and feels like 79. Oh. But, yeah, nothing like 33 degree, degree weather here. <laughs> well, it was good to see you back. And, uh, you it's did, good to be back. You did not throw me off. I, I've got the burps, folks. <laughs> and it's like the worst thing to have uh, pre-radio show. And uh wasn't paying attention much there as I was trying to make sure that I don't give you a heavy dose of that. Uh, but, yeah, it's great to have Johnny back. He had a nice vacation, I hope. It sounds like it. He's chipper and excited. And... You've got me for the entire show today, so like always, we'll open the call line, Rick Stein Recognition Outline, 402-479-1400, as well as a text line. I'll be here the entire show as well. You will. <laughs> um, always, there's a lot going on. I've got a couple of themes uh, that I want to hit and then go back to. I think there's a great national story uh, out there right now about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and the U.S.'s maybe involvement, maybe not, in destroying it. I'm going to kind of vector you to that, give some thoughts. I'm going to circle back um, to the transgender bills and things going on in our legislature. Why? Well, I did a show Tuesday, obviously, um, always getting new information. Got tons of thoughts uh, from texters on that and didn't get to them all, so I want to run through some of those. I spent a good three, four hours down at the Capitol yesterday just observing it as we didn't have drive time Lincoln. And, you know, that that provides me more thoughts. Uh, Interesting enough. Uh, medical uh, cannabis has come back. Uh, might touch on that a little bit. Certainly we'll talk a little bit about the interesting news that broke yesterday statewide about what Charles Herbster might want to do with his future. And uh, a special prosecutor has been named in the NEGOP quote-unquote alleged break-in. So I think I want to talk second segment about those kind of conservative dynamics uh, going on um, as we speak. Um, so there's a lo- there's lots of bills, uh, obviously. I mean, what they s- somewhere between 800 um, and 810 maybe, 801, I don't know. But um, we'll get to those. If you are definitely a fan of the Chinese spy balloon drama and all the things that are rolling out from that, um, as well as how many have been here, what time were they here, what the heck's going on. You'll be a real fan of Seymour Hirsch on Substack, if you don't find it in another media outlet. Just go to Substack.com, type in Seymour Hirsch, S-E-Y-M-O-U-R, last name Hirsch, H-E-R-S-H. And if you want to read an article... Uh, by a very good reporter that almost reads like a Tom Clancy novel, 
you need to read this article entitled How America Took Out the Nord Stream Pipeline. I have to apologize, and I don't believe that whoever took it out took out the entire pipeline, but as I understand it, three of the four pipes. Um, anyway, his assertion is that uh, the Biden administration, along with the U.S. Navy and the intelligence community under the guise of a exercise, um, went down 260 feet below the Baltic Sea and detonated some charges and got that done. And so you may not be interested in it, but just from a read of a small espionage slash Tom Clancy slash Jack Carr novel, it's a fascinating read on what might have happened, how our government thinks about foreign policy, what the impacts are to potential to us, allies, uh, Russia, uh, intertwined with things with Ukraine. Um, And I have to say, I have to say, on the side of potential covert operations and Seymour Hersh's ability to get sources both in and around the actual operation, but also within the government to describe the thought process and the ways in which he is alleging the Biden administration did this and navigated this without essentially congressional approval or oversight is fascinating. And so I would like, if you are somebody that likes military history, Um, This read and where your brain will go is far superior to anything that we are talking about, myself included, about this Chinese spy balloon. Why do I think it's important? Uh, Number one, he has alleged that we did it. He has laid out a very plausible way in which we did it. He has laid out a very plausible way of which the administration and (laughs) the intelligence community and everybody uh, made this happen. And I think that we should pay attention to these things because, folks, somebody destroyed the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And while many people believe it was the United States... Um, This is the first piece of uh, investigative reporting that lays out kind of the who, how, when, and and some of the impacts. And the reason I'm interested is because, folks, this is dangerous, dangerous stuff to essentially cause an act of war against another superpower, or at least a nuclear-armed one. And if you'll recall, part of the debate leading up to the Ukrainian invasion by the Russians was, well, if that happens, then uh, we'll make Nordstrom go away. I mean, we said that. Our president said that. And, um, and so I would just say that, again, alleged, it's a very believable read. I can't verify it. I don't think he can. But... Um, It's one of those things where I think that every American should pay attention because just the fact that um, (laughs) 
folks may even think we did, let alone he's asserting we did, meaning the United States of America. It's really, really irresponsible behavior and decision-making. And me, being a former vet, spent my whole tired adult life doing it until radio. I know a lot of you wish I'd go back to it instead of do radio. Um, right now, when it comes to military operations, there's been a lot of not good decisions by the Biden administration from the Afghanistan pullout to this potentially to the handling of Ukraine to handling of China to the Chinese spy balloon. Um, obviously, every president has the Duraloth or the uh, authority to do those things. Uh, but it's we the people that need to keep it in check. And so it's just a disturbing trend. Johnny, do you think America blew up the Nord Stream pipeline? No. Really? Did you read the article? No, I haven't. All right. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, um, you can go ahead and keep working in radio. I like working with you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, go check that out on Substack, Seymour Hirsch. Um, it's all over the news. Uh, Major's talking about it, but it, it's just really good to go read and make your own con- kind of conclusions. All right, folks. Uh, national story of the day. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say is, um, so Natalie Weiss was in here. We we talked about trans life matter in Oklahoma, and then kind of her thoughts. And and obviously, I mean, she's she's strong in trans rights, of course. I mean, she is a trans person herself, trans female, and a friend of the show, no doubt about it. And uh, like I said, I spent Wednesday uh, down there just taking it all in. Um, But many people um, chimed in Tuesday, and I want to go back to that. Uh, Number one, I did apologize on air. I'll apologize again to uh, listener slash texter Greg. Uh, Greg sent in a a good article, no doubt about it, uh, from The Federalist um, entitled, um, The Whole Transgender Industry is Founded on Two Faulty Studies. And I made a comment, my intention was to say, whether that study's legitimate or not legitimate, it's here, we got to deal with it. I I said, idiot, I didn't mean to associate that Greg was an idiot, or the study, my point was, that may be factual, but in 2023, we are all dealing with transgender societal issues, including the trans uh, community themselves, obviously. So... Greg, once again, appreciate the text. Uh, Nothing on your part on there. Um, As a matter of fact, um, to give you a little more um, credence in the listeners, um, in the Federalist, this article is discussing that, you know, there were two Dutch studies that came out. um, and, And basically, in 2011 and 2014, and they really formed the foundation of the transgender industry in the u.s and all of this and and this article does a really good job laying out that really it's not reliable research and it wouldn't have been accepted in the broader community um if it was really looked at uh deeply be that as it may uh it's a good article that discusses about uh, the difference between competing studies, how they're put together, why people don't feel they're valid, and hence the title that, you know, the whole transgender industry is founded on two faulty studies. Um, that, and, and to Greg's point, that is a legitimate, if you want to dig into it, um, data point to look at, right? And to how those two Dutch studies have 
helped and led to more of this both awareness and industry here in the United States. And then, of course, opponents saying those studies are faulty. Um, and so for that, Greg, I'm appreciative and was able to give it some due diligence. And, and I appreciate the background. Uh, my point, as it has been for a long time, right, is, um, you know, we're here. And and we're dealing with it real time, obviously. I mean, not just in Lincoln, Nebraska, where um, it really kind of got in the public psyche with the fairness ordinance, but now with uh, several bills. And that's, you know, what we're going to deal with. Nancy also uh, couldn't get to her text on Tuesday, but Nancy, appreciate you texting in. Uh, she just had a long list, uh, laundry list of thoughts, and, and I know she's gone through a lot of medical stuff herself. Um, but, you know, yeah, pretty strong, like most Nebraskans have been on my show that I've talked to about, you know, participate trans participation in sports and bathrooms, you know, that that doesn't make sense. Um, but also, I think um, in, in Nancy's case, you know, recognizing what I try to do, right, is to say, well, there's also a human part of this that we have to deal with. And and I and I don't mean deal with like, oh, God, we have to deal with it. Meaning, as a society, we have to find the solutions. And I think that, you know, her thoughts, having uh, been a nurse and experienced folks, uh, actually, you know, caring for folks that have gone through some of these surgeries, uh, provides an interesting perspective, excuse me. And in the end of the day, I really appreciate her thoughts and experience and really the fact that these are kind of tough questions. I think that politically people line up left and right on these issues and see them very clear. And I think that people like Nancy, myself, you know, I don't think it's as simple as we want to make it for the political argument. And I think when we have somebody like Natalie on here, and while she's very strong in her stance, hopefully we can see that, We've got to have room to maneuver within that space. Um, And so, you know, that led me to think as I was down there yesterday, you know, watching this, because to my point of, I think most people line up on party lines on this. Not exclusively, but I mean, when you look at major media and everywhere, it just kind of falls left, right. And it, it made me think of, having been one of the few conservatives that covers this regularly and brings in people on both sides, it made me think about conservative LGBTQ groups. Um, And again, if you're part of log cabin Republicans, which is the only group that I'm aware of or any LGBT um, conservative movement, I'd like to hear from you, right? Because I think that your voice is not represented completely in this conversation haven't heard it um it's not to say that it's not out there but i think oftentimes we forget that there's a there's a large contingent of lgbtq conservatives in our country and my guess would be right here in lincoln nebraska and maybe some of them were down testifying um either way but my point is i would like i would like if we can move uh, you know it's a big ask if we can move on this subject out of the partisan nature to 
society decisions and, and what we have to do. And so I'm going to run through, and I, I, I mentioned it briefly at the end of the last show, when I just look at the list of things that are up right now around this subject, where I think our elected officials could find a compromise for the humanity of it all, which I think would be a good first step for everybody. So we'll talk about that and much more when we come back. 1,499 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL. With Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, we're back in on Thursday, February 9th. Johnny Cadillac's back in the studio from vacation in the Caribbean. Well, actually, the Atlantic, and you probably went down to the Caribbean a little bit. I can safely say I do not know my route. Yeah, you did You did say, you said, boss man, I, I have no idea where, where that boat went. Well, it was, it was not was only Was the that. sun on your left and then moved to your right? If that was the case, you were going south. If the <laughs> yeah. sun was on your right, moving left, you were probably heading north. But, I mean, it was not only that, because we did have... <laughs> you know, plenty of plenty of clouds in the in the sky above us, and uh, the day we were supposed to stop at a private island in the Bahamas, uh-huh. and the night before they announced to us that the captain of the ship had deemed that the weather was going to be too unsafe for us to stop that next day, so we didn't stop. We just kind of went around. So. Uh, the route of our ship went kind of all over the place, I so gotcha. they kept us on water for four days. But <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Hey, folks, check out Seymour uh, Hersh's article on the. Uh, who done it on uh, the Nord Stream uh, attack? Um, we've got a lot of texts coming in, so I'll take those. I'll take calls in the second segment, too, on the Rickson Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. Um, also, uh, kind of finished up, because I had a lot of texts hanging out there from Tuesday's interview with Natalie Weiss talking uh, trans bills and, and trans lives matter type things, if you will. Uh, and then I spent my, a good majority of my afternoon yesterday with no show down at the Capitol, just to, taking it in and observing. Um, so when we come back, I'm going to just kind of rehash kind of what those bills are here in the state, uh, where they're at, and and what I think is just a good at this moment societal slash for everybody in the state solution um, on these that I think everybody could live with for now and uh, and would make progress for both sides as it has become kind of a political left and right issue. And, and I'd like to see it be a humanity issue. We'll also talk about GOP things going on with the new special prosecutor and what Charles Herbster is doing next. 1,499, 3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. 
All right, folks, second segment, uh, Drive Time Lincoln here Thursday, February 9th. Still your host, Jack Riggins, Johnny Cadillac, as I've said now three times, because I'm really pumping up Johnny Cadillac for being back executive producing the show. Um, just a side note, if you didn't see it, uh, Nebraska Examiner or Sanford broke the story, Charles W. Herbster, considering maybe a Senate run. Uh, my point on that is it just makes uh, Republican politics in the state of Nebraska very interesting. A very, very interesting um, when someone like that even says, considering, given everything that's gone on. And I want to talk about the special prosecutor uh, that's been assigned um, in the NEGOP case. Um, you know, former Oto and Jefferson County prosecutor. But maybe we'll have to get to that tomorrow. So, because there is, there's a lot to talk about, I think, with that uh deal for us here in Lincoln as it originated here and it continues to grow. I mean, there's just so much there. I'm calling it corn gate. I've kind of coined that phrase. Now I know it's not real original, but that's what I've corned it. Coined it. Did I say corned it? You most definitely said corned it. <laughs> I did. Wow. Too much corn going on here in Nebraska. Uh, but I think there's more pressing issues. Uh, that story as well as, you know, me pontificating about conservative things. Uh, can can wait. Uh, I want to continue to finish this show and talk about um, the the human side, or at least as I see it, of what's going on um, in the very political, it seems, arguments regarding uh, transgender rights and bills uh, in our state legislature as we speak. Um, and so I am going to finish off with that if that's all I get to. Um, and I think I've gotten to most every text on the subject that's come in today or Tuesday. Um, there's absolutely some more, uh, but I want to welcome Sam to drive time Lincoln on the call line. Sam, uh, welcome. Um, I did, by the way, thanks for all the texts and I did very much let Natalie know how appreciative you were of her opinions. That's great, Jack. Thanks for having me back on. I did want to call in and express it verbally how much my text was simply to trying to gather information from Natalie and how appreciative I am that she jumps on to a, a show that doesn't see eye to eye maybe with her. I'm sure um, that's part of how we all become so defensive and things that aren't comfortable to us. And uh, um, so my, my thought was just that I wanted to express that texting is not always the best avenue. <laughs> no, I was so everybody. confused trying to figure out exactly <laughs> what you were getting at. And and to be honest, I think we got to about half of what you were trying to express um, with right. regard to um, studies and things coming out in education, uh, with regard to suicide rising. Correct. And she had brought up suicide as as an issue, and I simply was curious what she thought about not just the suicide to children who are or believe or are transitioning, um, but also just children in general, as there's been at one of the local high schools here in town, numerous suicides just this semester um, with not only trans um, and, and LGBTQ issues so in front of children's faces these days, um, but also uh, numerous other things that are turned political, right? That as you're, I think, hinting on, and I'll I'll stop talking. Um, are are really more uh, human issues to where, you know, we might not agree with one another, but we need to respect one another and and continue to work and have the conversation. And and as always, I'm 
thankful that's what you and, and Natalie are trying to do. So Yeah, I appreciate that, and thanks for the call, Sam. Yeah, we'll, we'll chat about it here for a second and uh, let you go. Thanks again. You guys have a great night. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, lessons learned every time, hopefully, when we communicate with another um, <laughs> another human being. And if you'll recall, I mean, one of the main reasons that I like having Natalie on is, yeah, I don't think you can get, at least from an ideological, what we believe, difference. Um, but in fact, we both thought, you know, way back when that, you know, if we could come together and at least talk about it in an open forum like this, uh, maybe at minimum, we could show people that we could communicate about it. Um, and maybe, maybe, um, find some common understanding of the problems and then find common solutions across a bunch of things. Um, and so, you know, to Natalie's credit, she's done that. And I think also, you know, when you listen to Sam and why I appreciated his call, because the text honestly does not do Sam justice, uh, he presents, as he just did, a, a lot of thoughts that are important. And I think that. He hit on something, and he's right. Where I'm going with it is, I don't know that, you know, specifically, Sam, I don't know that we can find studies or data with regard to the introduction of, let's just say, more trans-LGBTQ materials, um, whether that be in, in pamphlets and books and movies, um, that we can directly tie to rising suicide rates and, and, and such. Um, I think that... I think that if we um, essentially were able to neck down to each specific community, uh, unfortunately, right, I think what we'd find to the common individual is that each side would be able to present data points and arguments that look scientific, I'm kind of thinking COVID here, um, that back up their case. And that doesn't do you and me and anybody who's trying to really do the right solutions um, justice. Having said that, I do think that it is valid in that when you look over the last 30 years, as you were alluding to in your text, a lot of things have adapted or changed. And when you adapt and change, it's always not for the better. Uh, I'm speaking to what youth are seeing. Um, And we kind of have to throw out, you know, the recent COVID, if you will, right? Because, you know, being homeschooled, not homeschooled, but being inside, all of that. I mean, contributing factors of rising anxiety and depression, not just in children, but in all of us. Okay. So one of the things I think is, yeah, what are we doing systematically? Okay. Systematically as a society that is causing within schools and, and growth, and obviously parenting, that's another big part of it, to our children that is causing them more mental distress, right, more um, anxiety to where suicide to some is seems like a more viable option to them. Because think about it. We have more money going into mental health. We have more, um, you know, positive ad campaigns around all of this. Um, but yet they're on the rise. Now I want to throw out immediately, which is I don't buy the argument. It's always been there. We just weren't counting. I don't buy that. Okay. Um, at all. So I think that, you know, we have an issue that is rising, has been there, and there are some systematic things we're doing. To finish on that, Sam, 
I think that our approach, which I am guilty of probably more than I'm not, is politicizing these events opposed to looking at it from a humanity, human issue, right? Of just dealing with the human issues of it. But what we've done is we've really gone all in on both sides of attacking it from this political optic. And I don't think that that's working so well. (laughs) That's my take on it. It's actually a good segue into these bills. Okay. I talked about a little bit. If you look at LB uh, five, seven, four, I believe it is. Okay. Excuse me. Let's go to five, seven, five. Uh, which basically would block biological boys out of girls' locker rooms and vice versa, as well as prohibit biological boys from playing girls' sports. Okay, to me, for most Nebraskans, I don't know about New York City or California, to me, that seems very, very common sense and something that a vast majority, forget your party, of people from a societal human standpoint could agree upon. Okay? To me, that's a, that's a no-brainer, okay? So now let's go to the other side, okay? Because if we are going to look at it both from a humanity standpoint and a political standpoint, most people would say, well, that's a win for conservatives. Well, I think that that's just a good human win with the demographic of people we have across the state of Nebraska, okay? But we have to jump to Megan Hunt's bill, okay, that hasn't been getting as much press, but I, but I think it's very important. And, and this is uh, 860. I just had it. 860. And she's talking about essentially equal opportunity and or slash discrimination protections for LGBTQ and transgender populations. And you might say, as I have said many times, well, that's already covered. That's already covered. And you're kind of right, and you're kind of wrong, okay? It is covered under Supreme Court law, right? Federal has said that, folks. But how this plays out on the ground is that if the state can get those to be part of our protections, then people under that protection, in this case, LGBTQ trans community, have the ability to report that stuff here locally opposed to through federal. And I hope you can understand the difference between that. So the law is already there at the big level. But it is not at the state level in this particular state. And if you can make the jump, the very first part of the Lancaster County, or excuse me, Lincoln Fairness Ordinance was the exact same thing. That was one piece of about seven. But just that one piece was part of it. Now I want you to think about that. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, do we not have the ability to ensure that a federal law that the Supreme Court has approved cannot also be Nebraska law? Which, in the end of the day, for a small majority of our, or a small minority of our Nebraskans, allows them easier access to report locally when such discrimination happens. How can we not support that? That's too easy, folks. But what does that do politically? 
So if that bill were to be supported, you would have politically what the left would say is a win. And the trans community would say, thank you. I mean, that's, that's what they say. They say, thank you. Right? And then on the right, in the sports and, and spaces proposal, 575, right? You have a conservative win. And you also have a common sense thank you from a lot of parents and a lot of kids that, you know, don't want to be playing cross-sex, so to speak, or, or maybe deal with biological differences in the locker rooms. That, that, that right there on this issue for me as a Nebraskan would be a good end at the legislature on these issues because these issues aren't going anywhere. But you do have to go to the other one, the one that was having testimony yesterday, which is 574. Okay, this is the Let Them Grow Act. Okay, and this would block any gender alteration procedure prior to a person's 19th birthday. And I'll be honest, I'm pretty torn on this one, right? Conservatives would absolutely say, you know, it has to be. It has to be. Okay? I've heard different testimony. I've heard different people describe it. There was a woman yesterday that works in this field that talked a lot about um, where if you just read that from the get-go, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, there's all these kids getting these gender-altering surgeries before their 19th birthday, yada, yada, yada. Um, but obviously, the healthcare professionals that deal with this, I mean, this is kind of a long, drawn-out process of whether that even happens or not. And so that one we know on all sides and taking the human approach is going to be fought as hard as Roe v. Wade is fought. And that's going to be fought from here until God knows what. And I don't think Nebraska is ready for it. I don't think Nebraska is ready for that either way. Right. I see a, a political war being started over that. And I don't think it's one that we need to have one. I think there's more important things for our legislature to do. And if I were to say anything, I'll go back to let's get 575 approved and let's get the uh, discrimination one approved. That'd be a good a good start on us all working together on this. With regard to 574, the one thing I would say, right, is that I don't know why we would pick the 19th birthday. I could be wrong. I may be totally off base here, but I'm a big guy. On 18. I could be wrong, but I think that 18 legally is when we become an adult. Maybe that's changed. And maybe it changes per state and federal. But all I'm going to say is I know that I can lead 18-year-olds to combat, and I can make decisions of which is going to give a higher percentage of chance that they're, they're going to die. Right? An 18-year-old can decide to serve in our armed forces. Our 18-year-old, to the best of my knowledge, can vote. Right. And so one of the things is, and I don't know, I'd have to ask, you know, opponents of this, if is part of rolling the age back important in this argument? I don't know. Right. Is it 16? Is it 19? I don't know. But to me, if we're going to talk about, okay, somebody has now the ability to change their name or to join the military or to, you know, vote, it would seem that it's 18. So at least stay consistent with that. And I could completely be off base on this, but I'm just saying to me, is it that 
number? Do they think it should be any time you want? I don't know. Um, but for me, right now, that's a hard pass. Okay, that's a hard pass in all of this. We need to know more. We need to have a more healthy debate. We need to look at it from a more human, humanity, societal approach than politics. And I think if you look at how I've described it, there's two there that can not only legally support both sides politically, make sense on a human societal standpoint for Nebraska, but give us the start of communicating, understanding the problems, and compromising. Because, folks, whether you like that word or you don't like that word, that is America. In our democracy, we compromise. That's what we do. Okay? And our elected officials, right, are supposed to be there figuring out ways to do that. Um, And so, you know, uh, that's where I'm at on those. I think there's another one out there I'm missing, but... I, Jack Riggins, a Nebraskan, would be very satisfied if those two got passed. It gave us the time and space to move to a more societal human approach opposed to a partisan approach on this issue. And I think we'd all be better off for it. 1,499 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, finish it up Thursday here. Wow, I got to say, there's nothing better than when you're a public figure and you misstate something or literally don't know. Um, you all are great at holding me accountable. I appreciate it. Okay, folks, 19 is the age of majority or adulthood in Nebraska. Okay, I got it. I didn't know. I grew up, I think, when it was 18, and I'm still going to go by the reference that, I mean, I'm, we can argue about it, um, but in the end of the day, I, I mean, to me, it's 18. If they could serve our country and vote, then that's adulthood. But I get it. That's what our state says. And so um, thank you, everybody, for that. I think uh, also some good points from, um, you know, some other folks is that, you know, 19 kind of makes sure that people aren't transitioning, you know, um, during during high school. I mean, I get that. Um, and, and I think, you know, in the whole sports thing, um, but it doesn't change my thoughts or arguments, um, because, again, I think right now that. 575 let's hit pause on that um let's show that we can um give and get between the other two with uh, discrimination and then the uh sports one and now guess what we've shown that we can communicate we've shown that we can compromise and that we can work towards what's right with regard to the let them grow act um because I would not like to see us continue 20, 30 years going back and forth like we have on Roe v. Wade. And I know that's another one up there. I could talk about 626. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Uh, But today I wanted to close out uh, thoughts, having been down at the Capitol yesterday and seeing the people pro and against um, 574. Um, But that's my thought, and appreciate everybody getting me. I'll, I'll just remember... 19 means you're an adult <laughs> in Nebraska. Uh, so, anyway, tomorrow, uh, maybe we'll talk about 626 in the Heartbeat Act. Uh, we'll definitely talk about this new special prosecutor in Corngate and the alleged NHGOP break-in. Other than that, we'll have a good Frogman Friday. 1,499.3 KLIN.